Welcome. We are the Projectile Lunchcast, a group of friends with a combined professional video games industry experience of over 20 years. More importantly, we have collectively been discussing video games for close to a century, including during most of our lunch breaks. People forced to witness these arguments kept telling us to just get a room and make a podcast. So that's what we did. We don't think they had any idea what they were bargaining for, yet here we are. And we couldn't be more excited to have you, dear listener, join us on this adventure. Projectile Lunchcast. My name is Marcel, and I'm your host, a position which I've rightfully earned in Ritual Smash Brothers Ultimate Combat against all three of these gentlemen recently. Oh God. No, not this again, please. And I, please don't interrupt the host. And I'm here today with uh, Basti. Hi, hi. Richard. Yep. And Matt, who has something special prepared for today's episode, if I'm not mistaken, Matt. I'm wearing a tweed suit. Although that's not what I've got prepared. That's not the name um, of what you've got prepared. No. Um, what Basically, this week... We're going into a journey into the fiery depths of the gaming underworld. Uh, a place terrorised by fell demons in corporate suits. The corpses of gutless heroes lay slain before the bloody altar of commerce. Questions need to be asked. Yes, I am Matt. I was a noob long before noobs first walked the earth, and my compadres on this journey, I hope, will provide some answers. In today's show, the panel will be hoping to smash my spit-drenched curveballs for home runs, or if you are English, crisply flick them through the mid-wicket fence for four. So without further ado, the first of my fiendish and devilish interrogations. <laughs> that was amazing! Thank you. When you say wicked, you mean the Ewok, right? I do. Nice. Evil. Evil. Evil, pure evil. No, so, Ewok. So I hear in the news this week that Nintendo are releasing a Switch Lite. I was wondering why not call it the light switch? Like a lighter switch. Like a light switch, you know. Turn off. Off and on. Turn it off and on. Yeah. The light switch. Yeah. I just think it's a missed opportunity. I, I think so too, yeah. Yeah. I... But, but the thing is, with the on-off thing, then you evoke the idea, like the original Switch, that you can like put it in the TV or and off from the uh, TV on the go. You have this on-off situation, while you don't have that with the, with the Switch Lite. They're still calling it a Switch. So what does it do? What's, what's different about this, this new product that they've unveiled? You can't plug it into your TV mm. or Switch. Well, it's smaller, it's cheaper, has ever so slightly better battery life. <laughs> they're it's, super sturdier. That's my sturdier. That was my favorite part where they're just like, yeah, a little bit of better battery. They're like, battery life? And it Slightly. comes in some cool colors, I guess. It does not. You don't like it? I mean, gray is pretty much all you need, right? Uh, I quite like the, um, you know, the, like the, what is it, like the blue and pinkish? Like the, the Pokemon original? One? No, no, like from the original Switch, I like that color scheme. Oh, like like one Joy-Con blue, one Joy-Con pink. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, but they don't have Joy-Cons. No, just like because you said grays, all you need is like, hey, no. They will do a Game Boy Classic version at some point, and that will might be the point where I buy a Switch Lite or Light Switch, even though I have a Switch. But I agree, Richard. Like this is technically not a Switch anymore because there's no Switch to it. I mean, I'm far, I'm far from the. It was like 
the time to tweet on that joke was was probably in the milliseconds. Like, you can't switch oh, yeah, I've, anymore. I've seen this, I've seen this joke like uh, roughly twenty times yesterday. What's mm-hmm. Also, what's a Game Boy? What's a Game Boy? A Game Boy. Back in the long, long ago, uh, we played uh, we played handheld video games on a Game Boy, and it didn't even have a backlight. My first a... handheld was a PSP, I believe. <sighs> on a high fidelity dot matrix screen, two colors. Green and slightly black. What was a Sega Game Gear? I, I had a Game Gear. Oh, the Game Gear was amazing. Like, talking about battery life, that was the thing. You turn it on, and ten minutes later, the battery was empty. The, the Game Gear had everything but software. Oh, there were a few great... It, I loved the Jurassic Park game on the Game Gear. That was a great Shinobi game. Problem for there was, a, like, there was... There was... That Sonic game was rough. That Mortal Kombat game was, was probably my highlight for hilarious handheld fighting games. This is true. Uh, but it did have a TV tuner, and that was awesome. So like, you could buy a thing for your Game Gear where it would have like little <laughs> bunny ear antennas, so you could watch you could watch TV on your little three inch screen. But at the time, that would have been it was revolutionary. Swish, yeah. They were like, I, I think I can probably count more than one football player on here. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It was it was incredibly expensive. Yeah. As I said battery life was a problem. Like maybe maybe some of the the listeners can can dig that up. But I think there was at some point a weird backpack, like a battery backpack thing for the Game Gear, so that you could have like at least played for like two hours on the go, whatever. Yeah, it was a proton pack. Is what you're thinking of? Yeah. Yeah. For the Game Gear, a proton the pack the for the Game Gear. The thing was like forty pounds. Yeah, it was huge. It was expensive. It had no battery life whatsoever. But I loved it. You could just brick a guy with that that Game Gear. Yeah. Or a ghost. Or a ghost. Yeah. Um, so, is it designed for so people on the move then, like commuters, then, for my, if it doesn't plug into the TV? Well, the funny thing, or... I think this is a price point thing. I think what this is, is like, yeah, yeah, you can do the, the, the portable stuff, but the durability, the lightness, and the 100 bucks less is like, I can finally put this in my kids' hands and they're not going to throw it in the trash two seconds later and beat it up and break the little sensitive Joy-Cons off the sides and, and do all yeah, this. And a little kickstand. And a little tiny kickstand. A little adorable is the, kickstand. Is, is the point. I, I, I don't have the numbers, but the 3D XL was a way superior uh, handheld to the 2DS. But I think sales-wise, the 2DS, because of that, like, or maybe you have yeah. two kits, you want to have the cheaper thing, whatever, sold way better sure. by large than the Dallas. 3D XL, right? Oh XL, okay. Yeah, like the the big the big yeah, yeah, regular yeah, yeah, yeah. 3DS versus the the Fisher Price looking slab. Yeah, mm. they will make a lot of money. I guess like it means like people are. I mean, so this is a neat segue into my next question Ooh. because like people are. We're like, not used to like the production value that you're putting into this or you. actual working segues. So I'm glad I interrupted that one. Yes. Um, Whenever whenever anyone says Segway, I just think of people on those things. Uh, yeah, just making fools out of themselves. Um, but yeah, like people spend obviously spend a lot of time gaming now. So like, I remember when people were talking about like fear mongering, you know, like gaming addiction a long time mm. ago. Do you think the definition of game a gaming addict is the same thing it was twenty years ago? I mean, like, are there any gamers who are not gaming addicts? You know, in a way, like it's it's an obsession. It's a big part of people's lives. What is where do how do you define this now? Nah, it's interesting. It's all it's all kind of newer, come to light. Like uh, who, the who, not the band, the World Health Organization. That's the guess who were in Simpsons once. Yes. Wow. It's like your frame of reference. You keep it solid. Two thousand two onward, Marcel knows anything before that. It's what's a Game Boy, and I've seen the Simpsons. 
But uh, the the World Health Organization just kind of recently um, identified gaming addiction as like an official thing, right? Is yeah, that, is that exactly. Yeah. I think with that one, in the past, we usually had the discussion, like when you go way back, we had discussion about like, okay, the bad effect on people, like you had... I mean, rough topics like shootings, etc. But people said, okay, it's like a, before that was uh, the influence of movies and the influence of games. But I think that it started hip hop, typical and hip hop, exactly. Um, but that it started to get like the serious question: Are people like getting addicted to video games? Can this uh, work as an addiction, like alcohol or other stuff does, or gambling or whatever? I think that started with MMORPGs. Maybe yeah, was that gonna, discussion. Yeah, yeah. That's when you kind of hear about like people like, oh, he was in a. He he was in an internet cafe for forty hours and died without food. Yeah, well, there's that one with the the couple that uh, neglected their child. Sure. And but they were still in the same time they neglected their child and it died. That yeah. they they were also raising a, chi- a virtual child. Oh, uh, that is that bleak. Sh- I didn't know that. that wow. That detail makes it really Oof. dystopian right there. That is dark. Uh, so I mean, it, it, the question is the, the 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 interesting thing for me is have games changed? Since back then, I mean, I, I seem to remember uh, when I was younger, it was all about like these these video games will influence you to do bad things. Was that was the scaremongering kind of tactic? But I mean, I think it's a it's a closer leap to say um, the the you you can put an amount of time into games that can cause you to neglect things that you normally wouldn't or shouldn't neglect. Like I think there's a there's a difference there. Like I can I can way sooner see that hey man, you play that game too much and you haven't you know cleaned up. In a few days, that's that's a negative thing that I can see. Oh, you played Doom, and therefore you are now a violent demon person, right? So I, mean, I think it, it's also a matter of like language being misused. Like you know, uh, companies will will in the marketing say, "Hey, this game is super addictive." Yeah, which you know they probably don't mean it in the in the medical. Term, yeah, but which, they like, stop saying that medical now. addiction, right? Or, or of course, you know, like people misuse it. People like, "Dude, this game is so addictive. I played for four hours straight yesterday." You know, which. That means you're a nerd. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, I guess we all had episodes like that where we play a game for four hours. It doesn't mean that you're addicted, you know, like in the, like, you know, in that case of, of hey, I forget doing essential things like uh, body hygiene or eating or something. I think sure. that, like, the, the proper medical addiction, that that is obviously a thing, is is, is very different from, you know, like 90% of how people use, use the word. Well, I mean, it's probably also different from how, you know, over 90% of people play games, right? I mean, I think I think you, you always have to be conscious when you're getting into this stuff that, uh, that, that, yeah, you can put a lot of time. There's a lot of time sync games. There's a lot of time you can put into to a hobby like this, you know? And if you if you notice that it's it's causing you to, to miss things in your life, like, yeah. I mean, if, if, if that's the recognition that it needs in the world for people to be like, all right, look, there is a... Serious problem. You can't just tell people, oh, I, you know, you're late because you were playing Candy Crush. You know, it's like if it's if it's got the recognition, then maybe that helps some people get the help they need. Exactly, that, I that think that could be a good thing. You know, I think that is important. So I, th- I think also we need to, like, from my my point of view, I'm obviously not a medical expert, but I think the uh, social component in video games is uh, the way bigger part takes way bigger part in that. Maybe I have uh, problems in life in real life for whatever reason. Um, but then I dive into that gaming world where I meet other people, can be someone else, etc., to to find that um, that safe spot or create that safe spot for me. Um, I think we should take that serious. I think we need more studies about this kind of stuff. I don't think that the gaming mechanics, like uh, Skinner box mechanics, etc., are necessarily 
um, are the reason for gaming addiction. But I think the most people who suffer that are usually people who uh, look for a safe spot in a gaming space, maybe an online game, etc. And know, okay, I don't have to deal with maybe problems or stuff I don't want to deal or can't deal in real life and do that then in a video game. Um, but to say in general, like the video games is bad, would say like, okay, someone who maybe is depressed and eats food to get this kind of, kind of like feeling of satisfaction or excitement out of this depressed hole, um, it would be the same as saying uh, food is bad, right? It's, but I think totally we need to, to, to spend some attention on that topic in the industry. We need more studies. We need to understand that better and we need to, to take it seriously. Cool. Well said. Yeah, very good. Um, on a lighter note. Thank you. Hopefully. My God. Hopefully. Uh, why are legendaries always orange? Will this ever change? Why are there? How was it vanilla World of Warcraft? I don't know. WoW had this already. Had the color schemes. Do you know who the first one to do it was? The Diablo 2? Did Diablo? they have? Or was it only... Diablo 1 had no color scheme, right? When it comes to rarity. That, no. Shit, I meant to look this up, but I forgot it. Um, so I could look and see. Like, yeah, so we'd all look very smart. Like, yeah. How did Marcel know? When we do the research, yeah. Stuff. Is it a Blizzard thing, though? I'm not sure. I mean, I think these days it mostly is associated with World War. You know, like how it, it, it frequently somebody does something and then somebody much bigger, like, you know, like... So most that's what it, people will say the first... Proper RTS game was Command and Conquer, even though the same guys did it before with June 2. Uh, I think it's here like one of these things. Uh, there is probably a game, or maybe there is a game that did it before, but I think if you ask most people, hey, where does yeah. the, the color color coded loot and like it, especially these same colors, you know, you have your your white, your, your green, blue, purple, orange, and then red, whatever. Um, that I is think most, most people the colors, but yeah. most people associated with the, with World of Warcraft. So just to just to, to be clear, when he says is that a Blizzard thing, and the definition is, yeah, they took a game and made a game mechanic and made it insanely popular and made a bunch of money off it. That that would be a Blizzard thing, right? Yeah. I, 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 personally, I'm fine with it. I, I I'm not. Uh, I, for my part, greatly prefer uh, execution polish over innovation. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, that's a personal thing. But yeah, I, I don't think Blizzard is. An especially innovative company. They're just really, really, really good at taking something, uh, polishing it, making it incredibly good, uh, making it... You know, back in the days, people said super addictive, so maybe we don't say that anymore. Do they have, a, uh, do they <laughs> have an official sure. podcast? Uh, I don't think so. So when they do, just know that they took that idea from us. Yeah. It's a blizzard. Thing. They're probably going to make it much better and polish it and make it entertaining. Yeah. Oh. People... It's going to have a great UI. You're gonna, every every episode is going to be like opening a pack of cards. So, Great art direction also. So I've been playing Risk of Rain a lot recently, which is a cool game. I like it. Um, I like those kind of games. Um, but the loot in that, the legendary yeah. legendary loot, is red, which I thought was so very controversial. Yeah, you can't. And there's an equipment. I don't know if you played the game, but there's like an equipment, which is like a separate thing, mm-hmm. and that's always orange. So for me, it's quite confusing at the moment when that drops because I'm like, ah, oh, it's legendary, and then it's just like a piece of equipment that you don't want. So you always thought this was know, like, like uh, uh, obviously creators are free to do what they want to do. I think these guys need to be in video game prison because uh, <laughs> they, they dared to go against <laughs> they, Papa Bungie, they, Papa 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 Blizzard, Bungie. Papa Blizzard. But I think yeah, as I say, like, I think the the um, like the the lower tiers are pretty much codified. I think they're always the same, right? Like it, it at the top, it gets like people sometimes they have their golden. Or orange or red or something. Mm-hmm. I think like that is like the, the highest tiers. Maybe there's a little bit more variety there or the diversity among. You games. said lower is always white, green, 
blue, blue, purple. I feel like that is pretty much the question established, is, right? The question is, if you, if you, if Matt would sit here with a purple T-shirt and Marcel would sit here with an orange T-shirt, mm. which one would be more fancy for you, Matt. orange or Smash. Purple. purple, purple. It's purple. Tyrian purple from from the Roman Empire. It's exactly. The, the, the highest order. It's uh, the color of kings. I used to have a, a very cool orange destiny shirt. Uh, uh, if you if you'd like uh, to come this weekend, Human Loot is my my post grunge band. <laughs> welcome, welcome to join. It's high on the tier list. Next question. I think we've 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 reached the the, the maximum we're gonna get out of this topic. So so. Which is worse, a game with great mechanics and a bad story, or a game with bad mechanics and a great story? Both are great. I think this is the moment where I mentioned specifically to Richard that I met Swery before you did. Uh, but I got a picture with him where he really looks very confused, like I just ran up to him. I'm so jealous. You just ran up to him. I did. <laughs> so we decided to take a picture. That's, that's, a, that's a great example. So one of my favorite games of all time uh, is that's Deadly Provocation. You know? Yeah, that's why I brought it. It was a segue. It was a segue. You guys are getting way too professional for this. It's amazing. Yes. So uh, Deadly Premonition is is probably the worst looking, worst playing, best game I've ever played. It's, oh yeah, absolutely agree. It's fantastic front to back. If anybody gets a chance to play it, I, I recommend it. And you know, know going in that it is hard to look at and very hard to play but uh but i mean it, like it, it's it's atmosphere is fantastic the the beats are well written i i usually don't laugh at dialogue in a video game that is intended to be funny you know but like they i think he he's got a few moments in there and uh yeah um one day when when marcel was on booth duty when he was being a booth babe uh Swery came up and uh and he got a picture to make me jealous um but uh last uh I think it was last month I was at um, Reboot Blue. Yeah, about a, about a month or two ago I was at Reboot Blue and I um, saw that he was doing a panel and like just, I was like, oh my, I'm going to get a picture of Sweary. Like sat in the front row and he's just, he's a, he's a really like small kind of calm, calm dude. And like, yeah, when I, when I rushed up to him, I was like, oh, let me guys look at the pictures. It's like, yeah, okay, man. Okay, okay, dude. All right. It's okay. He's just like motioning for security in the back. Like, yeah, it's, it's fine. Get over here. Just in case. Just in case. Yeah. yeah. So we, we, uh, we fanboyed over Square. But that, that's a good example. Like, so that, that is a game with zero mechanics that are, that are fun at, at all. Um, that is, that is great. And there's also games that I, that I, that I love that are all mechanically sound with no story. I mean, you'll hear me you'll hear me champion, you know, old Mega Man all the time. There's no but, well, wait, wait, discernible wait. story in that. That's Mega Man. How, fantastic. Just kidding. Uh, how is it this, uh, when a game has great mechanics but a really bad story, we're not talking about no story or purely mechanical game. What if a game has great mechanics but a really shitty story? Um, Doom. What? The story is amazing. The what? storytelling Dude, is the absolutely brilliant. Dude, now you have to explain any, it. Yeah, for, I was gonna say like for anybody who's listening who is not a German, you know, like the the surprising bad guy in Doom Three was called Doctor Betruger, spoiler, which is the German word for liar or betrayer. So like you know, like, so the first time you meet him like as a German player, like hey, my name is Doomerine guy, and he's like, hello, I'm Doctor Betruger, and you're like, yeah, I'm better gonna keep an eye on you guy. Huh? You yeah, know, I think it's I like think Richard's that... adventures with Abaddon. <laughs> Now you have to. So yeah, uh, we're, we're we're kind of uh, 
To illustrate, uh, one day uh, Richard thought it was a good idea to get into World of War, or not World of Warcraft, Warhammer. Warhammer. I wanted to get into Warhammer 40k, and I, I read, I was like, where can I get into Warhammer 40k? And they were like, we'll start with Horus Heresy. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a setting that's like 10k before 40, so it's like 30k. Uh, and it kind of it's the backstory, right? It's the it's the prelude to the setting of 40k, and um, not very major spoilers. But the whole idea is that this uh, this awesome army of buff dudes has a schism, and they split in half, and there's much betrayal. But uh, but they didn't change the names of any of the people, so it's like you'd be watching, you'd, you'd be following the adventures of like like John Paladin, you know. And he's going in with his with his unit, and he's like, uh, "Good thing I got my back. My my best friend Abaddon Deathbringer is with me. He'll never betray me." And it's like, "Yeah, I won't either. I'm Garviel Spine Ripper. Like everything's gonna be okay." And then when they betray you, like, "Yeah, dude. Yeah, obviously." His name is Garviel Lucken. Garviel Lucken. He's one of the good guys in the. And what's that? Abaddon the Despoiler? Abaddon uh, Ezekiel Abaddon the Despoiler. Yes. Ezekiel Abaddon. <laughs> And in very small font on his business card, it's like, dis-spoiler. The thing that interests me, like, obviously, as a writer, the thing that interests me is, like, the fact that those moments are quite memorable, uh, even though they're accidental. It's like, this is something that is funny. Yeah. Um, Not deliberately, but still, it's memorable. Sure. For being crap. Um, (laughs) So, I think there is some... Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's let's respect Dr. Betruger, okay? He put on on a brave facade of not being the bad guy for at least two hours. It's his name. Before it was like, oh, shit, turns out on the back. And I think, Basti, you have a a theory that this is going to happen again, right, with with the current Doom games and Doom Eternal. What's your theory? What was my theory? I had a theory? What's the professor? He's talking about me. And that's not me. That, that That is a common theory. His name is Samuel Hayden. S. Hayden. Satan. Oh, yeah. I heard that for the first time from Busty, so it's Busty Theory. You just now. say, I think you just say that now, so that, so that uh, I can't. Uh... Anyway, so should we go back to the topic, maybe? Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, it's, it's not even about quality. Like, if you look at people, it's like the internal argument, like where people go, like, hey, are video games getting better? Are video games worse? It's always, I think, comes down to these two axes that people are somehow aligned on. It's either you have a, uh, you know, like, a, a game that, that, cares greatly about characters, stories, cinematics, whatever, like, you know, like Naughty Dog, I think, perfect yeah. example of that. Or, or, you know, like, they obviously master that kind of, of game. And on the other hand, you have the very, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Mechanics, yes, thank you. Thank yeah. you, thank you. nobody who pointed this out to me. Mm-hmm. I was looking at my hands. Um, uh, mechanics, Which are mechanical, That's, that uh, makes sense. Yes, I'm a cyborg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not a betrayer. Though. Sorry, I didn't mean to let everyone um, know that. Yes, no, it's a secret. We'll cut that part out. Um, you know, so I think that's what it just comes down for a lot of people. Like, you know, a lot of people will say, like, oh, you know, video games should just be about mechanics. You know, that's what, that's what makes them games, right? They're interactive. And other people are like, hey, you know, if you want to be taken seriously as an art form or whatever, there needs to be a story. And I think, uh, to me, both are, like, equally valid points. Sure. Um, I, I really like my stories uh, in games. Um, I like, I like a lot. Of, I like a lot of stories where people be like, that's a dumb story or... But it doesn't make sense. Like Halo, for example. I like the Halo story, even though I think there's valid arguments to be made that sometimes it does not make perfect sense. Unless you read like 10 books outside of the games or something like that. If you had to pick, which would be more important? I just want to know that from from each of you guys. For me, it's it's mechanics. Mechanics. Marcel? 
Uh, yeah, when we say story, do we just like literally mean a story, or do we know, like characters, world building, all of that going into it? Yeah, everything that is not gameplay. We just presented in the game, not inside oh. story, comic books, whatever. Pick, could you pick? Pick, one? pick one, Marcel. Both. Unbelievable. Yeah. Matt? Um, actually, I think mechanics are really important. The writer. So, so yeah. Um, but it's interesting because I... What betrayal. <laughs> yeah, I know. Matt um, betrayed um, Yeah, but it's, it's interesting because, uh, like, obviously I'm a writer, so my, my working interest is in, thing, in stories and making stories, but the games I enjoy playing are just... They don't fit with that necessarily mm-hmm. because I, I do it to, to not be doing my work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I always like card games as a kid, and so I love... TCGs, I love collectible card games, I love um, those kind of mechanics. And they're really, there's nothing about story there. But it doesn't mean that. I disagree. Like, like, okay, there's a minimal layer of story there. You don't know. I disagree. Uh, It's an epic struggle. I purchase the cards, I open the card packs, there's amazing animation. What a story. (laughs) Oh, no, no, especially magic cards, except the small blurbs, which are usually really good. I think there's plenty of. Of trading card games that were mechanically pretty good that never made it big. Like if if you look at yeah. the popular TCGs, obviously like Magic or Pokemon or whatever, there is there's a lot of rich lore. I mean, the, the key yeah. thing with these things is obviously that lore is there. You don't have to engage with it, right? Like if you're just somebody who wants to do the mechanical That's thing, because they're both taking off of other properties, right? Like, 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 no, not Magic. Yeah, Magic's D and D stuff, right? No. Is it? Marcel, you're the nerd here. When it comes I mean, to these that days, kind of stuff. So because both you can you can play um, you can play D and D games in some of the uh, Magic planes. Like there's official products for that, but uh, but it's know, not I officially D and D. No, of course not. Right, that, that would yeah. be preposterous. I mean, for me, the perfect thing is obviously like you said, both. But I mean, if you can't have it, then if it doesn't function, like okay, there are games. There are narr- games I've enjoyed, like narrative games, like I guess, like. Um, telltale stuff like if you mm-hmm. you just play through it you get a story but the choices are actually were meaningless in the ones that I yeah, played right. completely meaningless um, and then you think well actually I could have just sat on the sofa and like read a book um, and maybe I'd have got more out I watched a movie and maybe I'd have got more out of that whereas with the mechanics like if that if the lore is deeply ingrained in the world building, building is part of that that's the that's the perfect kind of like uh, crossover I have, a, I have a good game which I, which I liked, uh, which is, in my opinion, underrated. Like, not in a sense that it's like an absolutely great game, but I think it uh, got uh, dumped too hard because of the mechanics. It's uh, Murder uh, at Soul Suspect. This uh-huh. is a game which I liked for the story part immense. Like, the mechanics were like kind of all right, not really good. The stealth part, etc. was rough. But I really enjoyed the story, and for that reason, I played all the way through the whole game for the story. It's a rare occasion because usually I'm the more the, the mechanics guy. But this is funny enough a game which got heavily shunned for for the the mechanics. But I open a can of worms now. While games like um, The Last of Us, which have an absolutely great story, in my opinion, have absolutely overrated gameplay. I think the the gameplay in Last of Us is actually okay, but not good. Uh, Basti will give you his Twitter handle at the end of the episode so you can actually uh, Murder is one of my uh, favorite Square games probably Soul Suspect that's the one with the dude on the cover that got shot like seven times yeah Yeah, that's probably controversial then again uh, probably my my personal only me don't Mm -hmm. blame my personal favorite Capcom game may just be Dark Void wow woo okay I wonder like how many listeners even, even know that game nowadays it's, yeah, the closest, dark it's, void. it's the closest thing we ever had to another Crimson Cast game, largely because it was from this is people. true. 
This is true. There's another game that sprang into my mind, which was uh, which is La Noir. So like that's a game which great game which I absolutely loved. I absolutely loved just being immersed in that world. But then you know you a lot of it you see through uh, the, like the lack of mechanical depth or like like obviously seeing the faces and that stuff kind of worked pretty well um, at most of the time. But for me, like the only thing that kept me playing that game and it really did keep me playing was like how well created the world was how well created the characters were so just just to sum up we've got uh out of the four of us three uh favor mechanics and one favors cop outs yes that's yeah it must be me no I would, yeah, yeah that's in me yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm the guy who's on the fence for me it's just like I, I find myself there's a lot of games I enjoy playing mm-hmm. but like I really always gravitate to games where I feel there is a, a larger thing to it you know like uh, obviously with Halo you have like lots of cross media stuff yeah. novels whatever um, like a really all, solid all, all the Blizzard stuff all the Bungie stuff you know whereas the, the, like a, a lot of other games where I just like I played once and I greatly enjoyed it, but like I don't know there's probably not going to be another game like in the series or you know, the story is very contained or something there is no exciting world it's around it's interesting like, like binge gaming almost right like you don't want to watch a show if you know it's been cancelled I can kind of I, I've known no, people I like still, that I still, I, say, I still enjoy those games it's just like the it's, it's a level a different level of connecting I get it, I get it. so um, like when we're in this kind of narrative space um, do you ever do you ever have dreams about games like I sometimes have dreams about socketing material uh, soccer, okay. Soccer team material. Socket, not soccer. Yeah. Soccer team. This is, this soccer. is not a euphemism, right? No, it's not. No, there's nothing. Excellent. There's no wet play involved. There's oh, no there's wet play. There's nothing. Yeah. Is it? Is it a good dream or is it a nightmare? I think. I think it's a, a probably a nightmare for me because I never really understood the really straightforward uh, material thing where you equip the the one that does four times or whatever. What? Like Richard, what's material? Final what? Fantasy VII. It's Final Fantasy VII, but you didn't understand that... I was a kid. Oh, okay. I was about to say, man. I didn't do this last week. So it's okay. a Freudian, Freudian trauma. Do you still have dreams of... Is it a recurring dream of socketing material? Yeah, but it's quite a pleasant dream. I and think it's just the... the menu. I think it's just the cleat, the, the juicy pop of putting the material into the... Into the socketing, into the weapon. God, that uh, phrase is going to hurt me, and it needs to be on the back of the box for the Final Fantasy remake. It is a juicy pop of socketing material. I don't want to answer my own question here, but I do like. You that shouldn't. If in that, that was your answer, oh, yeah. in that new trailer, um, I do love the way the material is in the. No, you can weapon. see it. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. So, do you guys dream about video games? That satisfying plop of the material. Uh, I yeah, uh, I think I'm trying about that. Uh, to me, honestly, like my most recurring dream to this day, and it's amazing because I, I did my um, final exams in school, A levels, whatever you call it, depending where you live. It was sixteen years ago, and to this day, at least once a month or so, I wake up covered in sweat, worrying about my final math yeah, exam. That's a pretty common one I hear. It's like, oh, it's your math. <laughs> I look around like, oh. Uh, I failed that one, but it was 16 years ago, so all good. I've already been kicked out of school. It's okay. Yes. I, I have the same thing, actually, but it's it's not quite as regular, but it is like it's dreaming about taking a subject at university that I don't know anything about and then having to take an exam, like, as if I've just been dosing for three years. Okay, um, games writing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. 
Best you dream about games? Uh, no, no, not really. But the thing about my dreams is they're all like, usually very Lynch-esque. Like I have rarely anything you would you would describe as a normal dream. Do so you dream about actual David Lynch? Sometimes. Weird. Okay. So you're a- abstract dreaming. Yeah, 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 absolutely. All right. I don't think I've ever dreamt about games. I, someone told me once when I was uh, was uh, sharing a living space with a bunch of people, I woke up in the middle of the night, screamed, I have the green sword, and then immediately went back to sleep. And I, I don't know what game that would pertain that, to. You know, that's only uncommon. Yeah, that's I know. That's not exciting. Uh, well, you know, it's your first only, loot drop. It's only a green sword. That's only a green sword. Uh, some people say the first moments of those looters are the best. Well, get. there's a lot of juicy plots. Yeah. I believe we're calling them shlooters now. You get shlooters. Is this a thing that you... I've only heard this from I got you. this from Twitter. That, that explains... I, I am your envoy to Twitter, essentially. No, I think that is... Is it a thing? Schluter is a thing, right? Yeah, yeah. You got it from Twitter. That explains, A, why I heard it from you, and B, why it sounds so terrible. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, uh, so just... I, I like to think of myself as a tan gentleman. Uh, I don't know whether I've mentioned this. Like a tangerine gentleman? No, a tan gentleman. A tangible a tan- gentleman? A tanned gentleman. I go on tangents. Ah. Okay. In a gentle way. Man. Yeah. You've been to the tanning saloon. Yes. Uh, salon. The every- saloon. So, next question. Uh, everyone talks about the growth of games in China. Um, but a lot of people live in India that like games. Are there Indian game studios, like a Bollywood of games? Should I have heard of any of those games? Anybody got their their? I think I think mobile, no, mobile and uh, Facebook, social market, etc. And games is really big over there. Um, AAA market not so big, in a sense of that. For a while, many publishers uh, back then sold, as an example, Indian game copies way cheaper over there than in any other territory because you have the difference between okay can someone in India the convert pay the conversion rate of um, 60 bucks as an example over there but with the globalization a lot of publishers stopped doing that because people started to take advantage of this via VPNs etc there's a lot of complicated stuff but I think in general you can say Facebook mobile gaming etc but like AAA gaming not so much right Marcel? Uh, yeah I think you know. Uh, I think Indian game development. I, the companies that are off the top of my head, I can't think of any. You know, like India only. There is uh, Ubisoft Pune up in India. There is like it slips my name my mind right now. There is a really really big um, company that does, does a lot of development support and outsourcing. I think they did tons of stuff for like a lot of the Forza games, for example, for Turn Ten. I can't remember right now. So, uh, you know, like... Uh, I development can't. happens in Pune, but it's... it's, it's r- or not Pune. I mean, uh, development India. happens in India. But yeah, it seems a little rarer for it yeah, to I, be... Yeah, I couldn't right now think of any... Uh, big or any Indian games. Exclusively made in India games. I, where I, I can probably name a couple Chinese games. But yeah, uh, India, but, again, you know, development does happen. It's it's a big market, especially says for like mobile stuff. Um that's exactly that's exactly the thing it's it's important when we when we think about these things and I, I think all all game companies could probably stand to to get on on board with thinking of these regions as vastly different I think it's I think I think we're gonna find that it's going to be harder to make and market a game to all regions than it would be to establish a certain brand or universe and then market individual titles or tweak titles for those regions I mean yeah. even in 
even in China, like you're talking about, yeah, gaming is huge there. It looks completely different than it does here. Even you go to, to Eastern Europe, the kind of stuff that's super popular in Russia looks completely different to the stuff that you could you could play in the States. Uh, in in some ways, it might seem behind or different, but just, you know, like there are places where pay to win is not even like a bad term. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that, that people need to exploit that, but uh, the idea is that these regions will, will continue to evolve and they'll continue to grow. You know, maybe not as fast as Japan and and in the States where they've, they've had that chance and in Europe where people have been growing up with games for a very long time as this stuff becomes more accessible. Those game ecosystems are going to grow and kind of intertwine with the culture and it's important for these companies to be able to see what works there. I think individualization of, of your titles in those regions could be a great way to grow into those markets instead of just saying, ah, here's this game we made, you know, choke on it, figure it out. Oh, they didn't like it. What's up with that? They don't like good games? I don't know. Or, or also, uh, the one that I would worry about is like just making it, trying to make your game please everybody. Yeah, right. Somehow. Yeah. That, that also, because then it just doesn't become anything. Actually. Exactly. Wait, wasn't that the, the idea for this podcast to please everyone? Yeah, yeah, but we are available in all regions. <laughs> what? I think so. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure like you can't easily download a podcast in North Korea or something. Well, if you are a listener in India, uh, please write in. And in North Korea. We had we had we had someone, yeah. Seriously? Yeah, we are serious. That's amazing. For, for on our first podcast episode, yes, that's amazing. Hello, hello, Indian fan. I love you. Please move on. And also, if you go watch that, uh, listen to that episode, and uh, you can happily uh, send us an email if you have uh, some some opinions on the in gaming industry in your country, and maybe some interesting insights to share. That would be cool to hear. Can can someone tell us the name of the place that people can send electronic mails to? Host, I don't know what else to someone has. Host, the the guy who's uh, projectile lunchcast at gmail with with assurance, I like it. You, you nailed it. Assurance, yeah. Uh, you can send us emails, questions, uh, threats to Richard, or praise for Marcel to projectilelunchcast at gmail dot com. We plugged it. Thank you very much. Continue, Matt. Um, so on the like the money thing. So loot, loot boxes are they still? I, I think you mean surprise mechanics. Yeah. Okay, surprise mechanics. Loot boxes are they like still like it's been going on for a long time now. This this chat about loot boxes are they still a thing or like if I if I wanted to if I was a developer and I wanted to sneak some loot boxes into a game now, do you think I could get away with it? Are the laws against it? There there, there will be. Okay. There are in some countries yeah. already uh, uh, Belgium laws like, like Belgium, negligible countries. Yeah, to be fair. Yeah. I mean, and when that happens in those smaller countries, I think a lot of those companies have just said, all right, well, you don't get this part of the game. We're not going to do anything about it. You're not big enough for us to affect it. But uh, just as um, just as these guys were mentioning earlier on, like uh, I think we were talking about industry self-regulation yeah. a little bit before we before we kicked off today. But that, that, is, a, that is an important part of, of why this sort of thing came about and why it will continue to come about. So, I mean, at least in the States... Uh, games ratings, the ESRB is all industry self-regulation. It's not a government body. It is it is a um, what would you even call that? Like an agency, a an interest group. Yeah, the ESRB is like an interest group that uh, that makes sure that everybody in the everybody releasing a game in the states is com- is complying with only, an age only rating. Physically. Only physically, yeah, can release, yeah. It, can it, I mean, they, stuff. they will they will rate digital stuff, or they will let um, they will let companies kind of go through their their own rating process on that. Like, the, you'll you'll plug in a set of metrics and be like, all right, you're mature, 
You know, it's the same thing. But if you're if you're physically selling a game in the states, you have that nice little warning label on there that parents can read and say, "Mortal Kombat is not the friendly kids game that you described it to me as, Timmy. You cannot have this." Uh, and it's it's groups like that that would generally prevent uh, loot boxes or or mechanics that would cause government regulation. So the, the theory there right, is that if the government has to come in and regulate, they're not going to look into the nuances of your business. They're not going to care about um, what gamers want because they don't know. They're, they're making a lot of legislation. So generally they will be heavy-handed with that. Uh, so you regulate so that the government doesn't step in and take that away from you. And then they're like, all right, selling any DLC is illegal because your kids can't control how much they do with the V-Bucks. So no additional sales after the product. You know, or something, something absurd like that. But uh, I think if you guys want something interesting to read, you can read up on the, the kind of turmoil that's been going on in the, uh, the ESA and other governing bodies last year and, and catch up on that pretty easily. But um, that's kind of how the, the loot box stuff is becoming more and more prevalent is because it's... It is a problem that a lot of people are finding and um, a lot of people are complaining about. And when that happens, governments take notice. They step in. The results are, are usually not there to help the, the businesses. Or the consumers. Or the consumers, yeah, could be. Yeah. I, I think um, it's safe to say that looking back to all the other uh, controversies around uh, from micro DLCs, etc. we had in the last like 10 years, uh, it's safe to say that uh, loot boxes or however you want to call it, surprise mechanics, will stay in one form or another, but they will evolve in a way that uh, we, we hit a point, I think, where um, governments, uh, consumers suppress, everyone notice and has maybe some gripes and issues with that. So um, that's, I think, now part of uh, important for the industry that we take that feedback and see okay how can we can we change that in a way that it is uh, more compliant with everyone like uh, i mean we i think we all agree here that um mechanics to make money post-launch is safe and good for the industry like for me as a developer i like the idea that my the, the game i work on makes money after I finish the main part of production because I want to keep my job and not change my job. I like the idea of money. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's going to come across, I, I think, in a, in a consumer-heavy field, right? Yeah. As, as we kind of should be, that's going to come across maybe as a bit of an apologist take, right? But, I mean, you're right in the sense that sooner or later the games industry is going to have to evaluate the $60 game. Exactly. The idea that, that you sell a game once and that's it and then it should be supported and good and all that stuff is is ideal, but uh, I, I'm not sure that that's reality anymore. So, so yeah. Uh, but there's a fine line between selling additional content for your game and the kind of stuff that goes on in loot boxes. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. I think... I like um, money. What's that? I like money. We know that, Marcel. You know I that. also don't mind, personally, as a gamer, I don't mind loot boxes to a degree. What's the degree? Uh, I think and that I think that is the one of the big problems f for a lot of these games where they really uh, you know it gets really hard for them to to argue that we're not gambling is once you can sell the stuff for real money. Yeah, I think like when you when you do it for example as like Overwatch is the game that I play a lot and Overwatch is the game where I uh, personally buy loot boxes mm -hmm. like when they have an event or so and sometimes I do it. Um, I think if it's just like hey this is your stuff and um, if you get a duplicate or whatever, then you, you at a certain point you can craft that, that thing you want targeted. 
but you can never make money out of it. I think, you know, personally, I don't have a problem with that. As long as you can't spit it back out. I, I like the idea things. of, uh, again, looking at my example, uh, I play um, Overwatch with a couple of friends, you know, from back from high school, um, who are usually not the type to buy any kind of DLCs or something, which means, you know, if we're playing a, a, a shooter made under, like, you know, the old rules of map packs or whatever, at a certain point, it would probably be difficult for us to play together, you know, because I would be the guy, hey, you know, I have this new character on this new map, let's play. Oh, none of you guys have yeah. okay. And here it's a case of, like, none of them, none of these guys buy loot boxes ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do sometimes, and uh, still, like, since, since Overwatch came out, we got... Tons of new characters, maps, modes, improvements, whatever you know, like that. All we can we can join together. I like that. I think that's great. Like the map pack was a very outdated model. Is is a very outdated. Yes. Like, thankfully, now even Call of Duty has realized and is dropping this year for Modern Warfare. But I think like really the problem where you have is stuff like with the with the Steam Marketplace or with FIFA or so. You know when when people are like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to spend a lot of money buying these loot boxes in the hopes of whatever, finding a super rare knife or something for, for, for um, Counter-Strike that I can then sell for 5,000 euros. on like a lottery yeah. ticket. Yeah, I think that that is... And at that point, you know, I think uh, I, I don't envy the people who have to argue, like, whose job it is to, to convince people that this is not close to gambling. But the you thing know, once you can make a lot of money from it... The thing I don't understand is that this has been going on a while because, like, you had the real money auction type stuff or forums or whatever for Diablo. I mean, if you you want to be, you know, like, if uh, if you want to think about it, I think loot boxes have been around in gaming for at least since 1995, I believe, which is when the first Magic set came out. Hmm. Because that is the way the original loot box, right? It's like, hey, I know roughly what I'm getting because I mean, if you're talking about collectible cards, then. I mean, you know, True. it's, it's, it's far, yeah. you know, like we're Europeans, we don't. I mean, like di- digitally, the the, the first really like first? successful was, was the first. I'm mean, baseball bad. It was like sport cards were really. But popular. I think baseball was the first, like really that that, that it got big with. I mean, yeah, oh, I, I only know because I, I I grew up in a baseball sort of town, but uh, yeah, <laughs> baseball baseball Where are you card from? trading. Where did you grow up in? I, I grew up in the home of baseball. Uh, that's, Michigan? Uh, yeah, Michigan is the home, Detroit home of baseball. You can watch Eminem's baseball biopic, 8 Mile. Everybody wears red socks. Yeah, it's about how far he hit a ball one time. Oh, see, but like, that's a great segue. You know, with red socks, you're already getting back to video games. Thanks, Kurt Schilling. <laughs> oh, that, no. that bloody sock. It's the deepest cut you're going to have I mean, in a while. We, we used to have, at school, we used to have, this is another wet play story. Uh, we no, used to, we used no, to, no, please, please Matt. That word, Matt. We used that's to have the uh, FA Premier League uh, Merlin sticker books. Uh, I guess the Panini. Yeah. yeah. And and those just, I mean, that's that's crap, isn't it? I mean, like, it's it's like you, you, you buy a book yeah. full of pictures yeah. for like three to ten euro yeah. pounds or whatever. Or you get a sticker book, which is empty of pictures, and then you pay 200 this euro is, to fill it. This is super interesting to me. And that was also the original. Go just yeah, because let me let me get this straight. You were in school, and you bought a product that was terrible, so you could collect it, right? Yes. Why? I already find like I think the question like he's questioning like that you were in school. He doesn't believe that part. I'm not. Yeah, I thought you went to a wizard college, homeschooled. Uh, <laughs> you learned Expelliarmus. That's always what happens to kids in Britain. My point is is that you you, you probably didn't know any better, right? You know, and that, that's that's where I think we have to examine the kind of points of all this is is that we're all adults. We know that if we buy a loot box, it's with our disposable income, hopefully. I mean, we just did talk about gaming addiction. I'm sure there's a lot no. of people that maybe don't get that. But hopefully at our age, we're, we're buying within our means and, and we're 
we don't see a problem with this because it doesn't affect us. But when you're young and you have a little bit of that peer pressure and you need that dope Zenyatta skin, that's a thing that kids do. And adults. And adults. I mean, you know, that, that that's where it gets a little worrisome. Because, I mean, we can't pretend like we're the median age playing Overwatch or playing a lot of games with uh, with these loot mechanics. And I, I think... I mean, the average... If you go across all people playing games, we are, I think, pretty much the average yeah, age. The average for games. I want to know... I want to know, like, per game. What do you, what do you think? Okay, here, here's a... Do you get... Can you buy direct stuff in Fortnite? Or is it is it... Random boxes. Yeah, you can. You, you, buy, you buy your V-Bucks, right? You buy your V-Bucks. You can also buy stuff directly. I believe I'm not a Fortnite expert. That sounds so great. V-Bucks. Overwatch, okay, is, is, is another fine example. You think the average age of Overwatch is, is 35? Uh, I would probably say, if I had to guess, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, 18 to 25, maybe? It's skewing like a, little, a little younger. I, I mean, there's nothing saying that these mechanics can't be in games for younger people. And I'm not... I'm, I'm with you. I'm not saying, like, all loot boxes, immediately the devil. I just think that you have to be a little conscious of the mechanics behind yeah. that stuff. You know, like, even even back then, um, when, I, when I still played League of Legends, which was uh, years ago, yeah, um, again, you could get all the... Maybe, maybe not. Nice. Um, you could get... All the skins, and then at some point, uh, just buying by buying them, right? And at some point, they had special events where you could buy like gift boxes, whatever, where there was like a random chance to get various different skins. And uh, that is something back then I greatly enjoyed because I knew like the skins I want to get anyway, I will just buy directly in the store if I want them. But sometimes I like that feeling of like I have no idea what I'm getting. But I th- I thought this was a very fair model because, or is in general a fair model. Give me loot boxes uh, but give me a chance if I want to get something specifically to get it and even more fair with um, Overwatch where I can can craft it so I don't need necessarily to spend uh, real money the question is is there like sometimes a case for events etc in Overwatch Marcel where you cannot craft them no you can always craft them okay they're they're more expensive to craft like they take more crafting resources event stuff like I think normally a legendary so golden uh, skin is um, a thousand V bucks crafts. I'm gonna craft bucks crafts crafts shark cards and I think event skins are three thousand or three times the price. Wow! But if you play frequently, like my good friend yourself, Pedro does, um, you know, usually it's. I think so that's the thing. Why would I, I? I don't have to do that, right? No, I don't have to give you the opportunity to do that. And I know that you're going to want that skin, and maybe you're just going to keep rolling for that skin. You know, maybe we'll just keep feeding quarters into. No, the- no, I, I agree. I agree. I understand why, like the the, the motivation, the mechanics. But I think um, if loot boxes stay, we just need to, to find something which is fair and reasonable for everyone. And I think choice is always the best way for the industry in whatever direction we're giving, giving, giving people the choice. Great. I, I think we should, we should move on before Richard starts his three-hour rant about the Everwear store in Destiny 2. Tess Everest is a thief. Uh, Fenchurch. First of all, first of all, Tess Everest has the voice of Claudia Black. So Fenchurch. She's fine, whatever she says. Fenchurch is a war criminal. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's why. He's been exiled. The whole thing's a sham. Eververse, I'm going to set it on fire. Matt, I've got a question here for one of our uh, listeners. Um, one of our younger listeners. Um, my, Seriously? Is your daughter? My daughter asked... <laughs> <laughs> I knew it! I knew it! What is the best dinosaur game, you smelly poos? First of all, I agree that at least two of these guys here are smelly poos. 
The best dinosaur. Dino Crisis. Ooh, Dino Crisis, pretty good. Turok. The Cerebral Bora. Dude, Turok too. That was that was super hardcore as a kid. You're like, oh my god, look at the violence. It's still hardcore though. That's a German kid. You're going against your brand. That's definitely pre 2002. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just can't think of too many uh, What about that Jurassic Park um, simulator thing? Like a it's like a um, isn't it like a park? Yeah, 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 yeah. It is really already. good. Yeah, I, I haven't played Frontier game. Yeah, yeah. 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 But like from the people that I've heard play, like it seems to really enjoy. Yeah. And I think they're working on the second part or something. Like there was also no, this horrible zoo, zoo tag, yeah. oh, what yeah. was the name? There was back then like a super ambitious uh, no actually Jurassic Park Trespasser. Was it the old world survival thing? I swear to God. With the wiggly arms. Was it Trespasser? I think so. Trespasser. What about uh, the Telltale Jurassic Park? Do you know uh, a trespasser, the guy who, who by his own admittance, royally fucked that game up? Wow. Was later the driving force behind the original Xbox. What? What a redemption arc. What a wow. redemption arc. It's, what's his name? Uh, Shima's something. Black. Is it Black? I don't know. I just picked that up. Talking of redemption knows. arcs, isn't Ark, doesn't that got dinosaurs in it? That has dinosaurs yeah. in it. Yeah. I've never played Dino Ark. Dino Crisis is still no. better. I've never played Ark, but the Digital Foundry video on the Switch version of Ark wow. was probably some of the best entertainment I've had in the last year. What about the uh, the Godzilla game on 360? That That's not a dinosaur. Godzilla is not a dinosaur. The King Kong we can, game on we Xbox. Can say fuck, right? The King Kong yeah, game. Just, just, I mean, the Mark King is explicit on, on iTunes. Fuck you. The King the King Kong game. I meant. Oh, not the Godzilla. The game. Ubisoft game. Yeah. Then moving on. <laughs> uh, no, I was just thinking there was one Dino Crisis. There was one dinosaur game that people almost always forget. Uh, it's the one I'm forgetting. The one that's part of the, in a way, Half Life franchise. Gunman Chronicles. It's the Half Life game that nobody ever remembers exists. Does that game exist? Gunman Chronicles. Let me yes. Google that. It's got dinosaurs. Where's my, my mobile it's phone? Got dinosaurs. I'm only going to enjoy that game. Source engine di- No, not Source. Uh, Half-Life 1 engine dinosaurs. So Quake 2 bastardization engine dinosaurs or something? I mean, Gunman Chronicles. Look this up, I swear to God. You know, I will look that trivia. up. I know my trivia. I will, I will look that up. Is the protagonist named Gunman Chronicle? No, he's not. Well, then, At uh, least Gunman. I think, I think the, the bad guy is a guy that looks a little bit like a, a, a space ripoff of a confederate officer or something. And he rides some dinosaurs or some shit. Okay, I've, I've got it. Um, it's that uh, that ending in Command and Conquer where they send the guy back and he gets eaten by a T-Rex. Oh. That's the best dinosaur game. So, I think there was, uh, there was a... There's a, a the Easter egg dinosaur, level, dinosaur level was amazing. Yeah. Yep, Command and Conquer. I win. I guess an Easter egg in a dinosaur game is called a dinosaur egg, right? That would make sense. Um, so... Based You're on that, you would, recommend, you, could, you would recommend Gunman Chronicles to my four-year-old daughter, is that right? Or Turok 2. <laughs> or uh, Turok 2. <laughs> I mean, you know... Um... I mean, if you're a fanatic about like the different types of dinosaurs and stuff, I guess it sounds like the Jurassic Park game is probably yeah. the thing. You know, dinosaurs, yeah. like, really, they, they put me into a midlife crisis at the age of 10 or so. You mean a half-life crisis? Yeah, I, no. I've survived. Gun, gun man. Yeah, like as a kid, it was my dream to one day dig up dinosaur bones, and right. then at the age of ten, I was in Canada and did that. I was like, now what? What else is there to do? Wow, life, wow. Is, life is bleak now. 
And then I got addicted to Metzumix and video games. No, no. Metzumix. So on that note, I think we've emerging from this tunnel that we've been in for a short time, um, explored the underworld of, of gaming uh, once again. And I'd like to thank you for your excellent contributions. And um, Was that all your questions? Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't all my questions, but I'll, I'll save some of the, the big, big hitters for later. I feel oh, like so you think we continue that? I feel like I've emerged from a tunnel. Is there a light shining now upon you? Yeah. No. Yeah, a small light. You got a small, yeah. very small very light. Small light. probably just lightheaded. It's like waking up in the morning and forgot that you haven't like uh, closed down your curtains properly. <laughs> you're like, ah, no, please. It's oh, way okay. too early. Um, so you, you, you're done with your, with your questions? I'm done with my questions. Games Keeper Matt. Signing off. Okay. Um, then, before we wrap it up, one quick question that I was like, wondering like with people the other day on Twitter, you know, yeah. Richard, your favorite social media platform? I love Twitter. Uh, now that uh, E3 is firmly in the... Uh, Rearview mirror. Rearview mirror? Yeah. Back mirror? Back yes. look mirror? I can see paradise by the back mirror. No, by the dashboard light. Very good. Thank you. That was that was before Halo Two also. Oh, no, yeah. Um, what is everybody's like the top three announced? You know, not rumored or unannounced stuff from any company you may be working on. Like top three announced games right now that you're looking forward to. Top three from. And we're gonna start with Matt because Matt had just had, had to listen a lot re- recently without talking to him. Uh, Cyberpunk uh, 2077 is that? That was, well, that, well, that was not announced. Yes. You're talking about specifically announced. No, no, no. I'm talking about you know in general. Yes. Shown. I, when I say announced, I mean stuff like uh, let's see. There is probably going to be chances are there's going to be another Battlefield game one day, right? Um, but it's not been announced. You're not even listening, right? You're looking at you're looking at Richard's selfies on his phone. That's cool. Okay, Matt. Cyberpunk 2077, obviously. Good choice. That's one. What else do you have? Um, yeah, I don't know much about stuff that's been announced. Actually, I don't often look at those things because if there's no footage or, or anything, there's no, nothing concrete, then I tend to just kind of just bat the announcement away no, mentally. You, 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 um, you, any game that is not out yet... Any game that's that's not out yet. That you officially know is coming. Okay, but but that's different from what you asked. No, it's not. I accept that. No, when I say announced, again, what I mean is like, you know, it's a a game that is officially a thing. Like, we all know there's going to be another Battlefield game, but it has not been announced, so you can't say, oh, the next Battlefield. Uh, Well, Death Stranding looks really cool. I love weirdness. I love weirdness, uh, generally, and um, that looks totally weird to me. What's your favorite name of of a character as a writer? Is Is it Die Hard Man? Um, Hot Coldman. Hot Coldman. Um, what was that? The guy from Doom 3? Um, Dr. Betruger. Yeah, that one. But he's not in Death Strand. I, be. I believe. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe. make a return. You never know. It would be kind of cool. Like, it would be pretty Kojima. Yeah. Um, but Death Stranding is a bit like what we've done today. We've we've gone to a dark place and then come back from it. Um, I feel like that's that's a pretty uh, interesting concept uh, from okay. a gameplay perspective. And your third? Um, third one, I guess. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing if there will be another Banner Saga uh, game or something from that that studio. Um, but there's there's nothing yet because I love that game. I love Vikings and I love the uh, the little mechanics. But did he even say Final Fantasy VII? He did not. I ignored so, it. Um, okay, Richard, what are your top three games you're looking? Yeah, for? sorry about the phone thing because after E3 was over, I immediately forgot everything that happened in E3. 
And so I was looking up a list of, of games that and were announced. Too many announcements, I think. Well, I, yeah, I mean, and now that you've now that you've uh, widened the requirements to just name three games we're looking forward to. Uh, I mean, usually, you know, after E3, I think is a good time to think yeah, about that because normally you're... there should be a lot of new announcements, right? Okay, how about I'm just I'm just picking them out of this this random list. How about uh, Animal Crossing? Does that count? Sure. You never hit me, struck me as an Animal Crossing guy. I've crossed animals. I like Viva Piñata. You like what? V- v- yeah, Viva I Piñata. love Viva Piñata. Except for when you have to, you know... Like, the song was great. Viva Piñata. Bash one of those cute piñatas in the back of the head. Yeah, that's when it got a bit dark. It gets a little bit dark. Uh, yeah, Death Stranding. I'll probably, I'll probably do it. Uh, half because I actually like uh, Kojima games and the other half to annoy you too. I already am annoyed by you. <laughs> uh, and the third choice, sir? The third choice, probably just for what I saw, was uh, was uh, Doom Eternal. I guarantee you I'm going to think of three other games that I'd like much more. But The uh, minute we, st- we stop recording. The, right after we stop, we're like, no, I meant this game that I love. But, uh, I, I mean, seeing Doom Guy load himself into a gun and shoot that gun into something is amazing. But he stole that idea from Sea of Thieves. From Sea of Thieves specifically, you can't you can't say that it was the first game where you shot yourself. It's the first thing that came to my mind, so it counts. I'm the host. Oh, okay, yeah, you're right. Because I whooped everybody's collective asses in uh, Smash Brothers. One day, this, Smash Brothers, this... Smash Ultimate, Smash game. <laughs> okay. Anyways, Busty, moving on. Busty, your top three <laughs> games you're looking forward to. Stop laughing. This year's stop laughing. Swear to God. This year's E3 was uh, was it was kind of hard to pick my favorites. To be honest, like there were a lot of games where I was like, yeah, um, but not many where I was, oh, I'm I'm impressed by by or oh, I'm completely blown away. I would have never expected this to come. I mean, Cyberpunk 2070. Everyone is looking forward to this game, obviously. Even What's though this day? game has been like announced 2000. When was it, Marcel? Uh, I think we were still living in Ireland both. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, early 2012, I believe. Yeah, so, um, yes, I can get uh, excited over this game over and over again, that's fair enough. Like, new games, announcements, uh, I was really excited about was Astral Chain, the Platinum yeah, game, Platinum that, that looked really cool. I was surprised and um, incredibly excited about uh, the remake, uh, upcoming remake of Second Tensetsu 3, because that is a game which I played back then on an emulator, um, just to play it, and I loved it so much. And seeing that not only like getting a proper release in the in the West, but also getting completely redone, it looks beautiful. I'm I'm looking forward to this kind of game. It's got to be a change from Is whatever that... mana game they put out on PS One. Yes. Good lord. As they remade Secret of Mana, and that was not good. But um, the th- stuff they have shown from Secret uh, from Second and Setsu Three looks really really I'm good. I'm talking about World of Mana, right? What was the, what was the one on PS One? Chrono Trigger. Oh, close. I'm going to find cross. it. Readers, if you know. Chrono Cross. See if you can do it. Was it uh, the I'm third sorry. one. The third one. That's, that's a bad thing to do. Never cross the mana streams. That's true. The third one is really rough for me because I have many games which have been announced for a while now I'm looking forward to, like stuff like... Um, Wait, you already the mentioned three games you're out. I mentioned? You got Cyberpunk? You got Astral Chain? No, Cyberpunk got... was more this kind of like everyone is looking forward to this one, so yes, I'm not mentioning two and it. Half, right. two, two and a half games. Um, half a slot left. Let's say my, my half a slot is I was super excited to hear more about Vampire Bloodlines 2. 
Yeah. Then I hear and have seen more about Vampire Bloodlines too, and I think we are all in for a treat. I'm not exactly sure what kind of treat it will be, but uh, it's going to be a bloody, it's bloody a surprise treat. mechanic too. Surprise. No, like, I mean, uh, the question is, will it be more like Vampire Bloodlines 1, which is it's currently a little bit looking like in the way of like a little bit janky and weird and whatever. I will still love it, or will they manage to have like a proper polished game, which I doubt, but I take it Oof. either way. I pre-ordered it. <laughs> And uh, I'm I looking forward to, it. to He's allowed to talk shit if you already pre-ordered. You know, at the point where you give yes. him money, yeah. yes. you're, you're free to talk Here's shit. your money. Give me your... Also, your which your, in turn your means foppish if you, if you haven't given us money, then you're not allowed to talk shit about our games. Bloodlines right. 1 was also the best broken game of all time. So, in that regards, I loved it. Played it through there, there, several there's, times. There's one little funny thing to this day that really confuses me about that game. Like, I remember, like, in spring or so of that year, when was that? 2007. They were like, yeah, essentially we're done with our game, but we cannot release it. We have to wait for Valve because it was yeah. the first game that he was using the Source Engine. And essentially, Valve would not allow them to publish a Source Engine game before Half-Life 2 was out. So they had to wait for half a year for Half-Life 2 to come out. And I was thinking, like, if, if, your, if, if, if Bloodlines, if that game was, f- like, if you consider that finished six months before release, like... So we wasn't was, that, but wasn't there a case? Like, so correct me if I'm wrong. That some funny. people left the company then, or they already like disassembled a lot of the team by that point. Oh, I don't know. Like, Probably. there's a lot of weird stuff. I mean, Troika. I think they made, th- I think three excellent games, and they made three very buggy games. So, so it was waiting, waiting for Half Life Two, right? Yes. So was was Bloodlines on on Steam when it came out? It was. It was on Source Engine. Yeah, but was it on Steam when it came out? I don't think so. Okay. I mean, because you know, I, th- I don't even know what the first. I think one of the first third-party games, and I believe my first, my first Steam purchase. I don't know what that says about me as a person. Yeah. I believe is Sin Episodes, one. That, Sin does, episode that one. does say wow. something about you. No, I was just wondering was Alexis Sinclair. Because I mean, you know, then then you know, with Valve uh, messing with Bloodlines one, I guess it wouldn't have had a, a happy history on store pages. But we should we should mention like I know if, I don't want to feel like I'm having the last word here, but uh, I do because you already put me on the spot and I didn't okay. talk about Final Fantasy VII, but it does fascinate me. The only thing that bothers me about that, like we should talk about it, are the plops not juicy enough? Uh, it's just that episodic threat. That, that, they're, they're saying they're going to split into two, right? Is that no, right? They, no, they said like they don't know how many, which to me sounds weird. Yeah, because, so yeah. I think we all know. From personal experience, you know, like stuff happens during game development, but I think you should have a rough idea. Hey, are we planning to make two I really or making I, I to read a rumor games? somewhere where it was just like two, and they were going to do it right after. Yeah, right after I years. thought so too, but I'm, not was, sure. Was, I'm sure it was a rumor. I don't think they've been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Said somewhere at E3, one of the guys. I mean, I, I I don't buy it as such. I think it's just a case of like, hey, we say something because we don't want to scare people off if we now say it's going to be three games. Maybe some people like Matt are going, oh, then I don't want, I, I don't, I'm not going to buy the first until they're all out or something. So I think to me, it's more like a deflection thing. We're like, hey, you know, we're not sure how many you make, just buy this one now and then later. It's going to be like, oh, yeah, we're going to make a trilogy. And of the gameplay, my guess. Of the gameplay, like what we've seen, it's like everybody knows that that's the very first section of the game. Yeah. Uh, just very, it looks very polished and amazing, like it has to be said, but it is the very first section of the game and I haven't seen anything beyond that. No one has, right? Yeah. I mean, you see a little bit of Shinra building later on. That's uh, and they they did a didn't they do a screenshot from House of Honeybees or whatever it was called? No. Wow! Real quick answer there. You've activated my trap card, Marcel. Fascinated to see how they handle that um, dressing up in cl- um, the, uh, 
different gender clothes uh, section in a He's modern, just do it. modern twist. He's just going to wear that. Cloud is going to wear that dress. Anyways, I think we're running out of time. And also there was this, the added side bonus of just some construction workers, I think, looking through the door very, like, concerned at us. Are you guys still in there? <laughs> so uh, I think we're going to bring it to an end today. Wrap it up. Are we going to wrap it up? Uh, any last words, Quizmaster Matt? Uh, no, not really. Nothing to say at all? Nothing, nothing at all. Still, still Matt, still a writer? Uh, man, let train. us know. Still loving the streets? I yes, I am still loving the streets. I I grew up on the streets um, of of Exeter in the UK. It's a cathedral city, a lovely river. Um, and is that is that the cathedral where like the first time where it came yeah. from you you claimed was 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 better than yeah. the Cologne Dome? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you're full Oof. of shit, sir. Dome wars, dome wars, church wars. Never had those before. Never. Okay, any last words, uh, Richard? Uh, just that I got the last word gun before you did, and uh, your smash victory is a lie. It, it happens. You all week. were there. Richard's you all got the coach, Marcel. You all were there. Okay, Busty, any last words? Any last words? Like, uh, um, if what would be super important for me is to get some feedback from you guys who are listening to the to the episode. So if you if you like that kind of like banter, that format with Matt as a proper ass storyteller. And the kind of like more different questions or the deep dive we did before that. Let us know. We are, which email, Marcel? What was the email again? Uh, projectile lunchcast at the gmail.com. Much sure, much more sure this time. I liked it. Oh, it's, it's, it's getting better. So, I mean, coming a little bit from my nature as a community person um, to, to uh, get, get your guys' feedback on the show. Uh, you can also hook me up on Twitter at Bastian Thun, T H U N, if you want to share your feedback. And, um, I yeah. like I like that episode today a yeah. lot. I like so, that format. You guys want to go around real quick and, and do the the, the self plug stuff? I didn't he just do that. Well, Bassy did. He started the, the trend. Matt, you want to plug? You got anything to plug? Yeah, if you want to follow me, you have to find me first. Okay, I like it. What do you do? Uh, I'm a writer, uh, and I work on well, I worked on Anno eighteen hundred, which is a game, uh, and it was great fun. Um, but yeah, if you want to hit me up, I am on Twitter. I'm at Goatflip. I don't have a sound. If you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, follow Marcel on Twitter. Um, I consider all additional followers he's gained after this point to be mine. And uh, please leave all feedback uh, with him. Thank you. So, well, thank you. Uh, I'm still Marcel. I'm still uh, your favorite marketing person slash host. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at at com underscore raven dot com. Um, dot com? No, just like com raven. You said com underscore raven dot com. No, I didn't say that. Okay. Com underscore raven dot com. Com underscore raven dot com. Com underscore raven dot com. And uh, yes, uh, thank you so much for listening. I will now return to my daily regime of uh, watching auto chess videos. <laughs> Talk to you next time. Bye. Goodbye. Old school. Yeah, old school. We be old school. Yeah, old school. Been getting that money for a girl sweet as honey. Got me some roses and a little bling. I knocked on her door, she said, what you waiting for? I heard you was looking for a king. Been climbing the pyramid, her steps made of green.